Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. A podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Every week we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and preview all the action in the week to come. In this week's podcast, City and Liverpool steal the show. Norwich get on the board. Everton holds United. And Ranieri is back in the Premier League after Watford do a very Watford thing. Yeah, lots to be talking about this week. So, let's get on with it, shall we? Let's talk football. Right, here we are. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, things are all right. We're, uh, Glad to hear it. Chilling and, I mean, football aside, everything's okay, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, things are all right. The weather's turning. Yeah, it's gone cold. Gone cold. Oh, dear. It has gone cold. Right, so uh, let's let's get us started. I want to start with that City and Liverpool game. That's where I want to start. I mean, it's probably the best place to start, isn't it? What a game of football. What a game of football, but Mo Salah's goal. Now, this is the thing I want to start with. Yeah, yeah, go. Is he really as good as everybody thinks he was? I know he did a lot of tidy footwork, but goal of the season contender? I don't think so. But, well, the difference is he's not doing that against a Norwich defence. He's done it against that Manchester City defence. Well, I mean, Bernardo Silva practically sat down and just let him go past. I mean, he lit, yeah, but he still sat him down and then he's gone past two or three more defenders. Beat the same guy twice, I think. was I can't remember who it was. Was it Rodri that he beat twice? Uh, I think so, yeah. And, and Rodri, by the way, who had a hell of a block... Oh, Christ. In that game what as well. A, what a block that was. To... I mean, he was nowhere near it. No. And he's just got to, see, and he's just got to slide it in. And all of a sudden, yeah. Rodri's there. So, Rodri is really good at that side of the game. So, yeah, for me, I thought it was excellent what Salah did. Yeah. I think you have to put it in the context of the game and the context of the opposition. Fair enough. If it was Norwich, I'd be like, oh, okay. But when you go in against that defence of Man City, which has got some great individuals, because that is... That is what you're coming up against in that. You know what I mean? All the organisation of a defence in the world doesn't really matter once you've got Mo Salah at his best running past you. And I just think for Mo Salah to show that ability on the ball and just just drift past those defenders at Manchester City standard as if they weren't there was actually brilliant. And I don't want to praise Liverpool players. (laughs) He's had a phenomenal start to the season, Salah. He really has. Oh, he has. He's, he's on it. He's back to his best, I think, this season. Definitely. Maybe maybe the crowd's helping him. Maybe that's what it, you know, having the crowd back. He's good for uh, good for Mo Salah. Maybe. Obviously, Fabinho thought his luck was in, didn't he? Before Rodri come he across. Did. He did. I couldn't believe that, actually. It wasn't as if Fab, uh, Fabinho took his time. No, no. Out of his feet and he got the shot away pretty quickly, didn't yeah. he? But... And he? And he was just... He, I bet he couldn't believe what had happened. Yeah. As could... 50-odd thousand people inside the stadium as well, probably. Yeah, just this is just a goal. It's going in. What a, what a block that was. Insane stuff. And I just thought the quality of that game, the football on show from both teams, was good. I mean, Liverpool were pretty poor first half, but they really turned up the second half. They did, yeah. And City obviously pegged them back twice. It was probably the right result, 2-2. Yeah, helps a lot of other teams out, them drawing. It does, yeah. Making points off each other. But, you know, other than that, there was no real controversial mo. Oh, I guess the James Milner thing. I think he was lucky. I think he's lucky. He is lucky. And obviously, the old cliche is, seen him given, you know, he's been booked. How long ago would it have been booked? He was booked in the first half, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, so plenty of time between the two for the ref to even forget that you've booked him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I can see why Pep was upset about it. 
No, I can I can too. I thought, yeah, it's a strange one. It's a clear foul as well. It's not like it. Yeah. It's not like it was debatable. It was a clear foul. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's just it's strange how the decision that Milner because it's not like him to make that kind of yeah. rash sort of. Whether he just got uns- caught out. Thought. Yeah, what? he's normally yeah. much more. He, he thinks about things a lot more, yeah. really, before he he does it. And it was just it's unusual to see him get caught out like that. But yeah, no, um, good result for everyone else at the top of the Premier League. But um, I think you know City going away to Liverpool and getting a point actually in the context of a season probably isn't going to be, you know, that that could prove a very good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're unbeaten still since the first game of the season as well. Man City, they're, absolutely they're yeah. building up. As you say, not losing to a main rival is a big plus when you want yep. to win titles and things like that. Indeed, you know they got the win over Chelsea as well. Yeah, so they've had a good couple of weeks. Oh so, yeah, no, it's yeah. gone. It's gone well. You know, you to come out of four points in those two games in your first part of the season, you'd be like, okay. Yeah, Pep would be happy with that. I think he'd be more than happy yeah. actually. Yeah. Good game of football, I think, to round off the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do want to. I know that it was a, a bore nil-nil draw. But I do, I do want to talk about Norwich and them getting getting a point on the board. I have got a point on the board. It wasn't a boring game. I watched the highlights earlier. No, no. There was a lot there going a lot on, going and I thought on. Grant Hanley and Tim Krull were the main reasons for uh, for that nil-nil draw. Yeah. Yeah. Norwich defended very, very well. Was it Burnley had a goal chalked off, didn't they? Yes. Rightly so, in my book. Yeah. No, no issues, really, with that. Obviously, there was a debate whether Tarkovsky should have been sent off for the foul on Timo Pukki. I, I didn't see it myself. I thought yellow card was right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. They picked up a point of Norwich. First one of the season. Yeah. And let's see um, let's see if, if they can build something from They've that. They've kept a clean sheet as well, and that will probably do them a bit yeah. more. That'll and do them a well. Let's put it, it as into well. context. Put it into this context. They're still only three points off being out of the relegation zone. Yeah, because I've got a stat for you. So for the first time since 1964-65 season, Hmm. it's the first first time since then that four teams have failed to win their opening seven games. Oh, failed to get a win in there. Yeah. So the first time since 64-65 since anybody has not won a game in seven. So there's four teams have not won a game. That's incredible. Southampton, Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich are the four. Yeah. Well, Southampton have got four, and they've got two very good ones, which is surprising. This is what I don't understand about Southampton. Obviously, they lost quite comfortably to Chelsea, which you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. But the two draws that they did get, well, two of the draws that they did get, so half their points, they got against two Manchester clubs. Yeah. In draws. And I, I, like the performances that they put in in those two games, it's what surprises me as to why they haven't yet registered a win. Yeah, it's a strange, strange things happening at Southampton. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to read it. Well, there was something interesting that I saw earlier that someone said that Yannick Vestergaard going out of the Southampton defence has kind of hindered them, but yeah. it's also made Leicester more leaky, which I didn't quite understand. <laughs> but so he's not quite doing the job at Leicester that he was doing at Southampton. Yeah. I guess is the is the out is the thing thought behind that, which you know. Yeah. But I think I think there's a well, we'll talk about Leicester in a minute, I guess. But I think there's a lot more to that at Leicester than a centre half leaving. And even Southampton, they haven't really done that bad. No, no, I thought they were unlucky against Chelsea. You know, they've yeah. there was the two goal gap against Chelsea, so they conceded three against Chelsea, which any team can do. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then and then they've only conceded two other goals in their seven in their other six games. And they were both against Newcastle and they conceded one oh, three, against Wolves. three goals, isn't yeah. it? Because there was one against United and then and then the other games that they lost. But in terms of their negative goal difference, it's not that they're leaky. It's the other end I feel that Southampton are struggling. They're struggling to score goals. Yeah. And we thought they would without Danny Ings, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Now Danny Ings has gone. Shane Long is he's a long time in his career now. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Redmond hasn't really showed up. Adam Armstrong is obviously making the jump from the Championship to the Premier League, and yeah. that was always going to be a difficult one. Yeah, But he's goal in that first game, but hasn't really done much since. No. But the game on Saturday all changed on Ward Prowse's red card. Yeah, of course. Until that point, they looked fairly comfortable. Chelsea weren't really creating too much. When you lose a player, that can always that can always happen. And of course, the two goals came late, didn't they, from Chelsea? Yeah, Timo Werner and Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell, yeah. yeah. Fed us, the Ben Chilwell goal was farcical so they hit the. it wasn't great no was they it? hit the post obviously Lukaku hit the post from about four yards Aston Laqueta hit the post from the same sort of angle and then obviously Ben was... Chilwell got the ball and it Alex McCarthy saved it but it already got over the line yeah the epitome of the old pinball machine oh yeah yeah that's all that was great <laughs> but um yeah but Chelsea still looks solid I mean yeah they, they just keep racking up the wins don't they at the minute yeah, they obviously got over last week. Oh yeah, yeah. And if it, you know, and Werner getting a goal always a big, always a big win for Chelsea. Always when a Werner's big thing on when he gets a goal. Yeah, he was unlucky yeah. to have one chalked off earlier in the game. I think they gave a foul, yes. didn't they? Yeah, it was a foul. I thought it was a foul. Well, and Walker Peters, in it was. I thought it, it was, was one foul. of them ones that you kind of like. I'd want it if, you, if it was my team. I'd want it. Yeah, but if you feel the contact, you go over, didn't you? These days. Yeah, and that's what Walker Peters did. So yeah. That's, that's just my thoughts on that. But yeah, no, Chelsea looks solid still. Nothing really to write home about from that point of view. Very, very good. Leeds racked up their win. Yep. Leeds got their first win of the season. Yep, against Watford, which we'll talk more about Watford shortly in terms of obviously big changes managerially. Yeah. But in terms of the game itself, it wasn't really too much to write home about. Leeds were very Leeds like. In fact, they had a lot of the ball. Yeah, did have a lot of shots. They had a lot of shots, but not a lot on target. Nope. And I thought I thought it was just a, that was just a, a stand. That's just a game for me. Was, there was nothing really interested me in that game whatsoever. I didn't spend too much time looking at it. No, I I well, with the Super Six thing, I did needs to win one nil. Yeah, it was ne- nice. it was never going to be a high scoring game. No, no. Obviously, Watford Absolutely. had one chalked off as well, but rightly chalked off. So then, Wolves Newcastle. Now we talked about Newcastle a couple of weeks ago, and things don't seem to be improving. Nope, they don't seem to be improving at all. It's not getting any better for them. I think, I think there might be some changes at Newcastle coming soon. Well, this is the time of year people start to do it. Obviously, we've mentioned Watford, and we'll go into that, as you say, in a little while. Yeah. But this is the time to make the change. This win, this international break or the next one is when you yeah. make a decision. Because if you leave it after Christmas, exactly, there's not enough time to potentially turn it around if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And then um, Yi Chan Huang. Yeah, took his goal very well. Both of them. Both really similar. Yeah, just really good goal. goalkeeper. He's going to be a good signing for Wolves. I th- I think so. I agree. I was just about to say that. I think he's already, what, how many goals has he got now? Four? Four? Yeah. Four goals. Yeah, he's got the same record as Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> Four in three. But I think it's interesting what they've done, Wolves, is they've paired him up with Jimenez. 
And it's yeah. nice to see the partnerships coming back in the Premier League. What, a, a, a forward two? Well, yeah, obviously Chelsea did the same thing. Chelsea are playing with Werner and Lukaku. Lukaku, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice to see two up top being a thing again. Interesting to see what if other clubs start to react to that again. Be interesting, yeah. Will be interesting to see because obviously it takes the weight off of Jimenez from Wolves' perspective. Absolutely, and and Huang as well because it gives him chance to settle in. Yeah, but... and I mean he's I've had him on Football Manager before. Wang he Chan he will score goals. <laughs> okay, all right, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Football Manager is our god. Yes, it is. Um, let's briefly then talk about Brighton Arsenal. Uh, I didn't watch this game. I'll be honest, I missed it. And then I saw the result afterwards, and I thought oh, I'll have a quick look at the highlights. And I got bored very quickly, if I'm honest. So yeah, no, I thought Brighton were the better team in that one. Yeah, yeah, they had certainly had the more shots out of the two. And yeah, you, you didn't miss much, to be honest. I watched it, and then twenty past seven come around, and I was like, well, that's two hours of my life I've lost. Yeah. Did you then go and make up for it by going and watching Arsenal fan TV? No, 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 because I don't watch oh. that rubbish. No, no, you have to watch. It's all fun. It's all fun and games, but that bit, that's when you really get to know what the fans think. I love these. I, I actually really like all these fan channels, by the way. I think they're great. I think it really gives you an insight into what fans are thinking about their football club. Fans in inverted commas. But no, because they are passionate about they their are clubs. Passionate they are about passionate about I mean, I have seen Arsenal fan TV over the years, and... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's over the top, and yeah, they pick out the big characters in the crowd because that's what that's what's interesting. That's what's going to get your views on YouTube and stuff like that, isn't it? They're the ones, but they're real. I don't, I don't doubt for a fact, for a second, that they are real fans of their football clubs. They're just very passionate about their clubs. Yeah, and and, and you know, it's the same. We talk about Arsenal fan TV, but United have got some of theirs, and I'm sure Tottenham have got have got one, and all the clubs in the Premier League will have. I'll have a version. We've got one and I avoid ours like the plague. <laughs> and yet, you know, and a lot of the opinions are these do tend to be the sensationalised opinions. Yeah. And and the social media opinion, if you like, to a degree, because that's the crowd they're playing to. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the fans that they get on are disingenuous. I think they're real. They no, feel they real. are real. It's just, it's just way over the top, some of it. <laughs> I mean, perhaps it's me, perhaps because I've been watching football for so long now. I've become more lucid and more sort of like, well, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Spurs next? Let's talk about Tottenham. We had a good day Sunday. That was a good result. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Nice little 2-1 win. Yeah. I have to admit. Courtesy of Matt Target. Well, that wasn't Matt Target's goal. That's Lucas Moura's goal. Lucas Moura I mean, puts... It says, own, it says own goal Lucas on the score Moura sheet I'm looking at. Lucas Moura put the ball in the net. It was right in front of me. I have it no says, idea why Matt Target has been given this goal. This this says on the score sheet I'm looking at. It says own goal, Matt Target. Yeah. Someone someone's <laughs> dropped a ball. No no somewhere. no, he kicked a ball. He, oh right, okay, he kicked the into ball into your net. I have to say, first five minutes. Yep. Villa were on top, and I was like, oh no, it's going to be one of these days again. <laughs> but then we gradually worked ourselves into the game. We changed the shape. We played four two three one, and Dombele played behind Kane. Didn't really mm -hmm. work in the first half, but it was better in the second half. Yeah, obviously Pierre took his goal really well. Villa equalised with the play. I thought they were much better to start the second half, and then yeah. we went straight to the other end and scored. So, and then we coasted home, which is nice to see. Nice, makes a difference. It does make makes a, a difference. Change. I mean, 
I think the first 20 minutes, we were very nervy. And I think that was the fans yeah. and the players. You could tell that there was a bit of nervous tension around the well, There place. is. When you're going through a tough space like that, you, you can you can hear it. Yeah. You can feel it. It, it tends to happen. But once and then you've got the goal, it's just... settled everyone down. Exactly. And that's what that's what these things do, don't they? They just settle everyone down. Everyone's like, okay, we're all right now. Yeah. But then the equaliser goes in. Well, the equaliser went in and I thought, oh, Christ, here we go again. The murmurs start to go yeah. around the crowd again, don't they? But fair credit, fair fair play to the lads. They went straight up the other end and scored. You know, first I think it was the first attack after the kickoff. Sonny ran nice. down the left, beat the defender, crossed it across the front of the goal, and Lucas Mora tapped the ball in the net. It definitely says Matt Target. Oh, well, they need to, Lucas either needs to change his name to Matt Target, or someone needs to have a look at it again. Oh dear. Right, let's talk about Wissa at Brentford. Yes. Scoring another late winner. Yes, let's late talk goal. about Brentford and West Ham. Oh. What a game. What a game. They're good at this, Brentford. They're good at this Premier League, like they Brentford, are. aren't they? They are. We said that they would cause a few surprises, didn't we? We did. And they're not letting us down. And they're playing two up top as well. They're another team that are doing it. Yeah. Buemo and Tony. Yep. Ivan Tony. Yeah, I think even though he's not been in the goals, he's playing a really important part in their team. He is, yeah. Obviously, he's their target, isn't he? When the ball comes yeah. forward, everything comes, everything plays off him. Yeah, Get everyone in around him. Yeah, obviously. And then we can play from there. But they do play good. That's not to say that that's what they do. Brentford. No, they, they play some really good football really well as well. Yeah, yeah. And it is a very good option to have when you you know you've got a man that you can just. Send it up to who's going to keep hold of it. Well, that's it, yeah, because they can play either way, can't they? They can try yeah. knocking it round. If he's not working knocking it round, they can go long. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, another another big performance from Brentford. And it did cause a cheer on the train platform on the way home. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear it oh did. Dear. It did. I'm only reporting what I what I heard. <laughs> All right, West Ham, send your complaints to that side of this podcast, please. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can. Another late win for Brentford. Yeah, they've got the habit of scoring late goals, haven't they? They did against Liverpool as well. Yeah, got themselves in a European spot at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it's still a long way to go. Above Spurs. Yes, on goal difference, yeah. Yeah, a lot of goals. A lot of goals. Eighth goals is the Eighth swing. Eighth goals is the swing. Well, well worked out, that man. I mean, I'm just looking at it, to be fair. <laughs> and you're and you're doing addition. <laughs> I'm doing addition. I'm, I'm all right at that. I mean, yeah, you are all right. At that, Get me toes out. Get me toes out. <laughs> right. Uh, Palace Leicester. Now this game turned, didn't it? It did. This game took a turn. Is is this what we would call, in the old adage, a game of two halves? Oh, we've made it through eight weeks and we've not used that yet. Is that is that is that is that where we is that where we say this? I mean, I feel like this is where I we mean, say this because it, it felt that way. Game of two halves, yeah. I mean, like every other game of football, but in particular this one, it was all Leicester first half and all Palace second half. Yeah, Palace did really well. They are, they are starting to show what they can do under Vieira. Yeah, I think he's um, you know, all in all, when you look at Palace as a whole at the start of the season, I think they can be happy with the start they've had. Seven points. I think they'd have taken seven points from seven games. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's trying to change their style as well. He's trying to get them to pass it around a little bit more. See, Roy Hodgson was a little bit more direct. He was, yeah. Towards Ben Teke, but 
You know, they're trying to build from the back and, yeah. Well, they've got players that can do it. They have, obviously. You Zaha. know, MacArthur and, Gall- and Gallagher, I think Gallagher's been oh, great. Oh, Conor Gallagher's amazingly good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with those two in there, with uh, Luca, I'm going to call him Luca because I'm not even going to try and murder his name. Milivojevic. That's him. Luca just sitting in front of that back four. And then, you know, you've got Gallagher and MacArthur who are very good footballers. Yeah. And, you know, with the likes of Jeffrey Schluck to bring on as well, who can give that extra bit of pace if you need it. Extra dynamic, a different dynamic, if you like, to the team. Be a bit more like that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I thought they did very well. And of course, that both of both of the subs, Elise and Schluck, come off the bench, gets the goals. Yeah. Getting back it's in. A good it. one for Elise. Obviously, that's his first goal since he signed from Reading. Yeah. So um. Yeah. I'm. I thought they did did really well actually. Do you think Leicester are struggling with the, sort of the hangover of Europe, having to play Thursday as well? Obviously, they they lost Thursday as well. Maybe, maybe so. I think their squad's not big. The thing, the thing with Leicester, their squad's not. They're not. It's not a deep, deep squad, is it? At Leicester, it never has been. Even you know, even back to when they won the league, they won the league with about fourteen, fifteen players, maybe. Yeah, didn't they? And then the couple of you know, and that that yeah. hasn't really changed, and that's probably been their downfall. Why they've fallen away out of the Champions League spots towards the end of seasons? Yeah, probably because I just think it's it's just been they haven't got that depth in the squad that you know when you've got your okay, they have good options. Don't get me wrong, they've got options. When you know Madison came off the bench didn't he, at the weekend, yeah, because you know Lookman was on there, and you got Albrighton, who's probably not quite the marauding player that he probably was two or three years ago. No. My thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. No, so there are options on there, but I don't think there's what, you know, when you look at their bench at the weekend, you know, you're thinking, well, Madison's the only real quality player. In, I think they've got to come on, to be honest. That's just the way I was thinking. That's just the way I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do fear for Brendan Rodgers. I think. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think his job's. Oh, I don't think his job's in, in, trouble. in trouble, not at this point in time. But if it keeps going how it's going... I mean, they are... Well, they're 13th at the minute. I mean, it's not panic stations. It's not panic still, stations, you know, but obviously they haven't won in four now. There's still there's still time. I I think if, I think they'll be all right. I think I think, I think Brendan will sort them out. And they'll, they'll, find, they'll find their feet again. And I just... And I actually think, yeah, coming out of Europe might be the thing that galvanises that and pulls them back on the right track and... Yeah, and and that might be that might be what they need to not be in Europe. But the thing is, again, with squads like this, I think Leicester needed to invest more in their depth of their squad if they were serious about continually wanting to be in Europe. Because mm-hmm. we talked about Norwich, didn't we, last week about investing to stay in the Premier League? Yeah. Well, this you know it's the same sort of story with Leicester, but on you know for European places, they need the bigger squads. And that's probably, you know, the same thing that's happening with West Ham at the minute. Yeah. They don't have the depth to deal with both. So they have a really good week. You know, they had a really good result in Europe yeah. in the week. And then because they're getting tired towards the end of this game, Obviously. you know, the fatigue, the Brentford travel, their whatever. Yeah. Brentford have had the full week off. Yeah. So, you know, they can keep going at them. That's having an effect, I think. Potentially. I think you, can, we... you can see that happening to teams. Yeah. You can see it happen. I mean, we've, been you we've been playing in europe now for a long time so we're kind of used to it now but in the early days we used to struggle yeah 
Right then, and then we'll finish, I guess, with uh, the draw that started the weekend at Old Trafford. Man United won, Everton won. Yeah. Good for the, the one plus point I think United will take from it is that Anthony Martial scored. Yeah. And I think that's the only good thing I think that we'll take away from that game is United. Yeah, it wasn't the best game in the world, would it? No, but, you know, all the talk has been about should he have dropped Ronaldo. But the fact of the matter is we scored without Ronaldo on the pitch. Yeah. And we were very sloppy. The goal we conceded to Townsend was a slot. It was a daft goal to give away. And if Ronaldo's on the pitch or not, we're conceding that goal. Yeah. I don't think the issue. We've got enough players in our squad to rest Ronaldo, right? Yeah. We've got enough quality in that squad, in that front line, to be able to go. Do you know what, Ronnie? Have the day off. Cavani deserves a start. Yeah. After he, you know, after the work that he put in in that game in, in midweek last, you know, in the European game. Yeah. So we'll get him on. You can have a bit of a rest because, you know, you've played every game so far this season other than the Carabao Cup game. And this is a game we should have won. Yeah. Without Ronaldo. If Ronaldo hadn't come in at the end of August, we would have still have expected us to win this game of football. Yeah. Who was the guy that was up against Damari Gray when he broke forward? Fred. Hack him down. Twice. Yeah. That's what you do at that situation. You're, you are, because it was, I think it was three on three, wasn't it? Or it was heading yeah. towards three on three. Yeah. At that point, you hack him down inside his own half. Yeah. No, it was. Um. He, I think he lost out to him twice, didn't he? Well, he should. Well, a Fred shouldn't be bumped off the ball that easily anyway. Damari Gray is no. half the but, size but of he Fred. Looks, <laughs> and he looks like you could blow him over, doesn't he? I bet he, yeah. you know he must be a strong lad. He's playing Premier League football. Yeah. But he looks like you could just blow him and he'll fall. You know, blow at him and he'll but fall as soon over. As the, but as soon as Everton broke forward, you thought they're going to score here. Yeah? Well, that's the thing, we've had this issue. And like, that's why I'm saying, I don't... That goal, we haven't kept a clean sheet in so long, right? There's other things that need sorting. Yeah. And and I think it comes around to this thing again that we talked about last week, around the control in a midfield. We don't have control in a midfield. I thought there were times in the first half where actually we, we pinned them, we pinned Everton back quite well at points. Yeah. And we kept them, we kept them in their half. And to be fair... Fred was important in that because he was the one that was getting the ball down and getting it through to the forward players quicker. And he he was the one that was doing that. He's not got the 40-yard pass that's going to, you know, spray it somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at that 11 that we put out, De Gea, Wambasaka, Lindelof, Ferran, Luke Shaw, McTominay, Fred, Mason Greenwood, Fernandez, Martial, Cavani, you'd expect... That we could score goals in that lineup, particularly you know Shaw, Martial, Fernandez, Greenwood, and Cavani. How can you not think there's goals in that? Yeah. There's goals in that team. I thought it was quite telling. I don't know whether you've seen what Fergie said. Well, yeah, he was talking to Khabib, wasn't he? And he'll be furious, Fergie, that that's got out. Yes. Oh, he'll be he'll be livid. Yeah. I can only imagine how angry he is that that's got out in the press. It's funny though. It is funny. To a degree, I guess, as an outsider, but there's just there's just no way. And for me, I just we should still be winning that game of football even without Ronaldo. Yeah, that's the point I would make. All of that. So there's bigger issues to the way that that game was approached from United. I'm going to ask you a question, and I Go want I want a I want a, an answer from you. Okay. Do you think Ollie's going to survive the season? Uh, do I think he will? Yes. Do you think he will? So take your Manchester United hat off for a second. Well, no, I need I need to have okay. that on. I need to, I need to see how the club. Are, okay. How the club. Oh, I think. Put your hat back on then. 
I think the club stay with him as long as we have a chance of being in the Champions League. Right. Okay. That's what I think. That's what I think they'll do with it. Because I think for the club, not the fans, I think the hierarchy at the club, as far as their bank balance is concerned, Champions League is the minimum expectation. Yeah. And they'll say all they want to the fans and they'll say all they want to the press and they'll say all they want in these little statements that they're putting out. The hierarchy at the club, as long as they're getting the money from the Champions League, they won't care. Right. To be fair, you're only two points off the top. And that's that's the thing I was just about to move on to, actually, was that all these panic stations, and seven, but the difference, I guess, would be City, Liverpool and Chelsea have all had games against each other in that seven games. Yeah. We haven't played any of them. No. That's the difference. That's the difference. Yeah. The seven games we've played, we should be coming out with at least... Oh, we should... At least one of the... You know, a draw should have been a win. Yeah. Shouldn't have lost last week, probably. Yeah, we shouldn't have... We shouldn't, we shouldn't have really... We should have beaten Southampton and we should have beaten Everton. Yeah. And, and you know, even the Villa game. We don't lose to Villa at Old Trafford. We don't. No. But we did. And that's unusual. To be fair, silly season has begun. Obviously, the the Watford domino has fallen. Obviously, there yeah. was rumours rife that if Nuno lost to Aston Villa, that Nuno was going to go. Yeah, I never saw that. I didn't think that had happened. I... It, was, it, took, it took Daniel Levy how long to decide on a manager in the summer? Six. Where the hell was he going to get another one from? Well, this was the debate that I had with a friend as to what was going to happen there. I'm just thankful we didn't lose, frankly. <laughs> just, I just didn't. I just didn't see that being a feat. I just never saw that. It's like, yeah, okay, Levy's going to be, you know, you'd be a bit nervous, but after he'd spent three months or however long it was, sixty-five days, I think it was sixty-seven days, something like that. Yeah, deliberating over who who he was going to bring in. Well, no, because really, it's been going on since Mourinho left. That's yeah, that's sixty. During... That's sixty-seven days. Was it really sixty-seven days? Yeah. Two months. So, you know, yeah. it took him that long to kind of get someone in. Yeah. Nuno's probably not... Well, he probably has now, but do you know what I mean? Like, he, he's only just probably been in, in post as long as that. Yeah. And he hasn't really had a full summer at, at the club nope. where he could come in, set his mark, get his people, get his players, make his changes, have his pre-season. Yeah. It would be harsh. It would be harsh. It, it still might happen before now in the end of the season. I don't think so. That's my opinion. I don't think so. I hope I think this year you get away with with it being around Kane being unsettled if you're Nuno. Yeah. That'd be the angle that'd be the angle I'd be telling my agent. You go and feed the press that. <laughs> Should we talk about Watford? Yeah, let's talk about managerial changes then. Um big change obviously. New manager slash head coach. I don't know what they call him at Watford. Well, they recall it the revolving door, mate. Yeah, the revolving door. <laughs> Ranieri is back in the Premier League, which is good to have a character of Ranieri back. But I do feel like Ishko was very unfortunate to lose his job this early in the season, considering they're not a great deal of investment going into the club in the summer. No. And, you know, if a promoted side were to be offered seven points from seven games, you'd probably, well, yeah. you'd probably take your hand off. But maybe it was a case of... I mean, what Watford do this, though, don't they? Watford We've seen do Watford do every this. time. Yeah, time and time again, they make this move. And it might have just been that they saw an opportunity to get Ranieri in as opposed to necessarily being upset with their manager and his performance. I don't know. 
Possibly. None of us really know. None of us will. It might just been that. a case. Yeah. It might just been a case of, well, Ranieri's not doing much and he's interested. We've had a conversation with him, shall we? And they've just gone, yeah, sure, let's do it. But it's so strange. It's odd. It is very odd. I don't understand. I don't understand how Watford operate. I don't. Like they've been doing this, haven't they, for like the last seven or eight years? Yeah. Just chop and change manager whenever they feel like it. Yeah. yeah. It, there's no, just... there's no real rhyme or reason behind. No. The sacking. That's the risk, I guess, you're taking as a manager going into Watford. Oh, yeah, it's the epitome of a point. poison chalice, isn't it? Yeah, you've just got to know at this point. I mean, it doesn't really matter what I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I reckon Ranieri could get him into Europe this season and he'd probably still get sacked this time next year. Possibly. Calling it now. Well, Watford getting I mean, into that, Europe? That won't happen. No, that <laughs> won't happen. But, you know, no matter what, what, whatever happens, Watford could win the league this year. Ranieri'd still get... Like, like what happened to him at Leicester. He'd still get the sack this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> that was also one of the most bizarre firings I've ever known a football club do. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's up there with Di Matteo going after winning the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. But again, with Chelsea, that's the way they operate. I never thought Leicester operate that way in particular. Nope. But with, with Chelsea, you know. you don't If you don't perform well at the start of the season, you're out. You've had it. Yeah. You know, every, every, every manager since... 2000, went since um, Abramovich took over, yeah. which, funny enough, was Ranieri. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. Got him, got him into the Champions League, and then got sacked. And then they brought in um... Mourinho. Yeah, him, him, that guy, him. Yeah, I remember him. Won a couple of leagues, and he got the sack. And then they replaced him with Scolari. No, no, Avram Grant. Oh, Avram first. Grant. Yes, we had this discussion. Got him, got, league, him, got him to a Champions League final. Yeah. And he got sacked. To be fair to Grant, I think it was only ever supposed to be temporary, wasn't it, our friend Grant? Yeah. And then Scolari came in, had a decent start, decent start, but he did, to be fair, Scolari did go off the boil with him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He struggled after a while. And then that's, is that when, is that when Di Matteo came in? Or no, no, of course it wasn't. That was when they brought Hiddinkin, wasn't it, for the first time? They brought Gus Hiddinkin, didn't he? He won the yeah. FA Cup. And he wouldn't stay. He didn't, said that he didn't want the job. Yeah. So then they brought in Carlo Ancelotti. Yes. He won he the won league some. and got sacked. He won the league. Yeah. Lost his job. Andre Villas Boas came in. Yeah, he didn't do very well though. No. Did he? No. He spent more time on his knees than he did. Yeah. On um on the Chelsea pitch. You'll find that at most clubs he's been at. Yeah. Main one at Spurs because he was praying to get out of it. <laughs> touche. Touche. And then, yeah, Di Matteo, Rafa Benitez, back to Jose again. Yeah. Gus Hiddink, Antonio Conte, Maurizio Sarri, Frank Lampard, and then Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, so it just happens. I mean, it's a good job Tuchel's had a good start to the season, otherwise, otherwise yeah, he's, he's, just won the cha- he's just won the Champions League. Yeah. Be, wary, time Thomas, be wary, Yeah, it's this time of year he might be in trouble. Do you know what? I, fa- I fancy Chelsea to win the league. I mean, I've said Chelsea are going to win the league. I, I I really think they're they're just the, they're the strongest unit I think in the league. And yeah, okay, City have got probably the best quality in their squad. Yeah. In terms of man for man, I just feel like this train that is building this speed at Chelsea is just going to be unstoppable. I wonder soon. where you were going with that for a minute. I, I really do feel like they're going they're building this momentum. And I think they're going to be. Well, the next stop on the Chelsea train is a local derby with Brentford. Well, that'd be a good game to watch actually. That. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Big test to see where Brentford are really at 
in the league. Obviously, they're not title challengers, let's put that out there, but it'll be a good test of them against this Chelsea team. So that's Watford to win the league, Brentford to win the league. You've heard it no, here I, first. I'm just, well, no, the, the Watford thing was just... You know, it doesn't matter what Ranieri does or any other manager does at Watford. You're going to get the sack in October next year. I know. I'm just poking the bear. Poking the bear, indeed. Right. So then, uh, you've got uh, this day for us, haven't you? Yep. And it's a significant weekend this weekend. Why is that? Well, it's international weekend. So I've got two international Great. stats for you. Nice. So, on the 6th of October... 2001. Do you remember David mm -hmm. Beckham? I do remember David Beckham. You do remember David Beckham. That's good. I'm glad you remember him. Was, was, was there a certain game against Greece? There was a certain game against Greece on the, on this day. That, oh, that about kick. 20 years ago, isn't it? 2001? Yeah, it is 20 yeah, years ago. 20, 20 years ago. So yeah, he scored oh, what, the goal that took us to the World Cup in 2002. What a moment. I remember that day. Like Beckham doing Beckham, because obviously it was like one of one of Beckham's fine... I mean, he had plenty of fine Old Trafford moments, by the way. Yeah. With United. But I still think that is the quintessential Beckham moment at Old Trafford. Oh, absolutely. That free kick at that time to qualify us for a World Cup, he was at his peak of his powers at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the captain of the team at that point as well. Yeah. Stepping up. 93rd minute of the game. Yeah. Couldn't have written it better. What a moment. What a moment. That like that play Old Trafford shook. Like it was an England crowd yeah. in Old Trafford and that ground shook. And then the camera you can see the cameras just from the vibrations around the ground of everyone jumping up and down. Yeah. What a moment. And then the following day on the seventh of October two thousand, a slightly sour one compared to the David Beckham free kick. Mm. We played our last international at the Old Wembley. Ah, oh, the old Wembley. We lost one nil to Germany. Lost didn't one we? nil to Germany, and Kevin Keegan, I believe, resigned. It was, De wasn't it? Hamann that scored. It was Didi Hamann that scored. Yeah. He never. He doesn't talk to his Liverpool teammates. You, did you read about that? No. He went a whole year. Apparently, I read this somewhere <laughs> today. Actually, that he went a whole year without speaking to a single one of his Liverpool teammates while he was at the club. Wow. Like, how do you even play football and not talk to them? Point. I get. It was probably more of a social thing than actually on the football yeah, pitch. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I just thought, wow, yeah. that's an insight into that Liverpool dressing room. And obviously Kevin Keegan resigned after that game as well. He did. He did. He would love it. He would have loved it if they'd have won that game. Yeah. Sure. But then obviously, symmetrically, if Kevin Keegan hadn't have resigned, Sven Goran yeah. Eriksson wouldn't have become the England manager. And we wouldn't have had the Beckham moment. And we wouldn't have had the Beckham moment. Potentially. Obviously, Peter Taylor made him the captain, didn't he? Yeah, but still, that Beckham... Well, uh, you know, the way, you know, the butterfly effect. And we're not getting into philosophy here, but that would never have happened. No, it wouldn't have happened. In another multiverse, it might well have happened. Oh, here we go. But it might not have happened here. No, not indeed. <laughs> not indeed. That's not a sentence. They're not words. So I guess we'll round it up by having a look at who the home nations are due to play between now and the end of the next international window. Yeah. So, Friday night. Czech Republic versus Wales, or Czechia versus Wales. Nice. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting Inter for Wales. They need to pick up a result from that, really. Well, they do. Otherwise... They're, doing their, they're really struggling at the minute, obviously. Yeah. They, haven't got, they haven't really got a manager, you know. No. Rob Page doing his best, but with the contract that Giggs is on, 
it's an issue for them. Yeah, definitely. Because they can't do anything. And then we've got three home nations in action on Saturday. Republic of Ireland take on Azerbaijan in Azerbaijan. They need a result from that one as well. Yeah. Scotland take on Israel at Hamden, mm. which, you know, should be, they should should be a home well, win. You don't know, you don't, you don't know <laughs> with Scotland, do you? You just never know with Scotland. No. But it should they be should be beating with. Israel yeah. at home. They should be. They have the quality in their squad to do so. But it's Scotland. Yeah. Like, even Scottish, even the most devout Scottish football fan listening, if you're listening, even you're sitting there going, I hope we don't mess that up. <laughs> Aren't you? Yeah, they are probably. Yeah, probably sitting head in their hands going, oh, I don't want to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then Northern Ireland take on Switzerland on the Saturday night. In Switzerland, so that's going to be a really tough game. That'll be a tough game for Northern Ireland. But they're in it. They're in their group, Northern Ireland. They are. They are. They have a chance to qualify from that. Yeah. Absolutely. A, a draw at minimum in Switzerland would be ideal for them. And then England take on Andorra as well. I mean, we should be winning that. He'll put the second 11 out, won't he, for that? Well, it's in Andorra. So it I mean, could be tricky. I mean, if you can't, if you can't trust the likes of Ollie Watkins and Jesse Lingard and and who else is in the squad this time around? James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse. If you can't trust those Premier League footballers to beat Andorra, then there's something wrong with you. They should be they should be able to just put out a second string. They should all be playing. Give them a chance. Get out there. They'll win that they'll win that game. Well, you'd, second string. You'd like to hope I mean, so. The England second string is still a Premier League first team. You know what I mean? Plus, obviously, if we win our two games in this international window, we qualify, don't we? Indeed. So, yeah. I, th I think you trust you trust those players. There's nothing wrong with trusting those players at all, in the slightest, as far as I'm concerned. I, I would go for it in a big way. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's get the job done as soon as we can. That's normally the thing. And then you can tinker as much as you like in the November international window. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you put this team out against Andorra, if you put Ramsdale, you went Trippier, Cody, Mings. Chilwell. Oh, well, sure. sure or, oh, Chilwell's in the squad now, isn't yeah. he? I knew there was someone missing off this piece of paper. Uh, if you put Henderson. And Rice, probably. Um, yeah, probably. One of them's going to have to play two games. Yeah. And Jesse. Um, with Sancho, Watkins and Saka up front, if you can't trust that to beat Andorra, I mean, you and I could probably play against Andorra and we'd be all right. I genuinely would fancy my chances to score a goal against Andorra. Uh, no, no. You can go up legit, front. I'll go at the back. Legit. Put me up. Put me up front against Andorra. I'm scoring. I, I'm not even. Maybe. I'm not even messing around with that. Maybe along the floor, though. Not in the. Not in the air. Put put me in. Well, it would all be on the floor anyway against Andorra. All right. Put put me in. Put me in, Gareth. Call me up. I'll register to a club. It don't matter. We got a, have we got a direct line to Gareth Southgate yet? Yeah, somewhere. We'll find Just one. press your big red button and it'll go straight to him. Speed dial. No, not that big red button. You press that one, it, we won't play a World Cup qualifier. <laughs> so lots to look forward to internationally. Yeah, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, international week breaks, but I, 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 I actually quite like yeah, international football. I'm getting football. fed up with them. I like, a I, like, I like the break of the club football, well, we... just having a bit of a break and it's something different. I like it's, it's England. Why we should be excited for after the summer? Everyone should be like England are playing great. Let's go and let's go and watch an England game. Yeah, but we've only just got back into the Premier League action. 
and then we're having a break again. I honestly don't mind it. I mean, we'll have another one in November and then that's it. Then nothing till March. Yeah, there is that, but so, it's just annoying. It's it's <laughs> something different. It's something different to look at for me. Like, I like having the change and having something different to watch. Yeah. You know, because you get like a full, you get a full weekend of just games on. I'll probably be watching a film or something. So yeah, no, are we? I'll be watching England Saturday night. I probably will watch. I'll probably watch England Andorra Saturday night. There's nothing else on the telly Saturday night. So, <laughs> but there we are. Right. I guess then we'll just uh, say to you that don't forget if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what you're thinking about your club, about the internationals coming up, and what's what what's not, and all that. You can. Get in touch with us in two ways. You can tweet us at Let's Football Pod. That's at Let's Football Pod on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter still works. Twitter Everyone still works. Fine. Hooray for Twitter! Twitter. Still works. Or you can email us. Uh, you can send that email to Let's Talk Football Podcast four four two at gmail dot com. Gmail, which apparently wasn't working for a little while yesterday. Oh, wasn't it? No. No, apparently. Oh dear. So you can email us Let's Talk Football Podcast four four two at gmail dot com. Is where you can email us and send us all your thoughts on your team or anything like that uh, and get in touch with us and let us know what's going on. Even if you want to just say hello, just send us an email. Yeah, just get in touch with us and say say how great we are, I guess. We, we need that. You want to say we? how rubbish we are? Get it? I'm not interested. No, we need that. We need that boost of telling us how good we are. Yeah, why not? Let us know. Right. Well, um, well, we'll leave it there, I reckon. You got anything else to talk about? No, that's it for today. Um. I'm, I'm all talked out. There we are. Right. We have talked football, everyone. And we'll be back next week with lots more fun and games. So make sure you stay with us. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.